Welcome everyone to the Neil World Order Podcast. Uh, thunderstorms starting to uh, kick in here in Wisconsin. Sounds like uh, the I don't know it was shaking. I, I'm in the basement when I do this, but I started hearing some loud noises, and I was like, "What the heck is going on?" Um, first episode of technically, I guess, year two of the Neil World Order Podcast. Um, we'll start with a question. What is a juggalo? Let me think for a second. If you know, you know. So, we've come kind of full circle in this new COVID world. Um, And at some point, I think we're going to have to look at the world as BC and AC again, where it's before COVID and after COVID. And I personally find that really sad. So, um, what a what a better time to discuss uh, some wicked clowns, I guess, for lack of a better word, or you know, more famously known as the Insane Clown Posse, ICP, if you will. I was introduced to the ICP. I believe I was a sophomore in high school by my cousins. Um, so, Gary, this episode is all your fault. Um, for those of you who don't know or maybe forgot, the ICP consists of Violent J and Shaggy Too Dope. Uh, the duo has sold over 6.5 million albums um, and countless bottles of Fago. Fago, you say? It is a Detroit bottled caffeine free soda with such amazing flavors as Red Pop, Orange Pop. Root Beer, Moon Mist, my personal favorite, Rock and Rye, which is like a cream, a cola cream soda. Um, it's Rock and Rye is just awesome. Um, they were formed in 1989 out of Delray, Michigan. Um, the ICP were huge in the local Detroit area before finally bursting onto the mainstream scene with the 1997 release of The Great Malenko, my favorite um, of their releases. It's crazy to think that that's like 25 years ago, right? It's 21, 4, some, oh, tw- yeah, whatever, 24. That's insane. I remember like one summer we were working at Cedar Point, like that was what was in the in the truck, you know, to and from the bar, to and from the work, Hocus Pocus, Halls of Illusions, What is a Juggalo, The Great Malenko, The Nedden Game, uh, Down with the Clown. Uh, you know, sorry, I just kind of got caught up in my nostalgia there for a second. <sighs> Joseph Bruce, Violent J, and Joseph Utzler, Shaggy Tudo, have accumulated a net worth of $30 million. So while you may laugh at these clowns, pun intended, they laughed all the way to the bank. Rapping about such colorful things as axe murdering, killing pedophiles, as well as referencing the Dark Carnival. Um, the Insane Clown Posse actually has a huge following. Their fans, uh, known as the Juggalos, they uh, they even do a festival, or did at one point, it was called like the Gathering of the Juggalos. I believe it was somewhere in Illinois. Uh, it was huge. You know, it's been... I, I, it's been talked about on the news, you know, MTV had covered it when they used to actually talk about music. Um, you know, another thing that boosted their mainstream status was 
you know, the ICP got involved in pro wrestling. The, the duo actually wrestled on WCW Nitro as well as uh, WWE's Monday Night Raw. Um, I believe later they would create Juggalo Champ- Championship Wrestling in the Detroit area. And it may still exist. I'm not sure. Um, they, they were self-made. They were self-promoted. Um, they were regulars on Howard Stern. They've been featured on Tosh.0 and several other shows as well. Um, seriously though, the, the music is, is hilarious. It's brilliant. You know, all at the same time, they, um, they had a diss track at Eminem, gained some notoriety from that. And then for being slammed by Eminem and his song, Marshall Mathers off the Marshall Mathers LP. But, um, yeah, if you got some time, check out the album Carnival of Carnage. It's one of their earlier releases. Sorry for the moment of silence. My co-host seemed to have got into something and I had to pry it out of her mouth. But, um, yeah, check out the album Carnival of Carnage, Great Malenko, Riddlebox. There's way more albums. Uh, each album, the cover of it, had like a different form of a clown. You know, it was they were called Joker's Cards. Um, it's If you're in the right mood, it's worth a listen. You know, who knows? You may even paint your face up like a psychopathic clown and start running around your neighborhood butt naked with an axe side side note uh one of the uh one of my infamous claims when i moved to tennessee from michigan uh into the baxter cookville tennessee area was i i think i can honestly take credit for introducing the icp to all my tennessee country friends down there in the early 90s, much to the dismay of a lot of parents. Um, and I'll give you a funny story to end on. I won't mention names, but those of you who know, know. Um, I was dating a girl in high school who had a brother a few years younger. We'll just say he was Adam's age. Uh, <laughs> he would later be, he'd later become a, a good friend as we both got older. I let him borrow an ICP cassette tape. And yes, I said cassette tape. For those of you who don't know, that's what people listen to music on before their phones, MP3 players, and CDs. So anyways, he was playing the tape in his room, and his mother overheard it. And I, I'm pretty sure the song was Carnival. It was uh, Night of the Axe off the Carnival of Carnage tape. Um, let's just say it involved an interesting conversation the next time I was at their house to hang out with their daughter. Um in my defense, though, he did go on to become a huge ICP fan. And years later, we even attended a concert together uh, with some other friends at a 328 Performance Hall in uh, Nashville. And it was it was quite the scene. They uh, at one point the the insane clown posse backs like a Ford. It's like a, it looks like the back of a Ford Pinto backs up, and like the hatch opens, and there's it's just full of two liters of Fago, and they start shaking them up and throwing them into the crowd literally if you were depending on how close you were to the stage you were sticky and covered in soda um then they start chucking bottles i remember there was this idiot in front of us and he was just really annoying and two liter him right in the face and he just went down i thought it was awesome um but yeah so look into the uh insane clown posse 
worth a listen, and I felt like they deserved some conversation here on the Neo World Order podcast. Like I said, my musical tastes are all over. You know, next week we, we may talk about Willie Nelson. Who knows? Um, speaking of insane clowns, um, starting on, on August 3rd, New York City is requiring vaccination proof to enter any gym, restaurant, or indoor venue. Think about that for a second. You know, on top of thinking that Andrew Cuomo took a few minutes to stop sexually harassing women to get the ordinance in place with Mayor de Blasio, this shit is insane. Like, straight up insane. Don't get me wrong. No part of me wants to wander into a liberal shithole like New York City. But this is absurd. Absurd. And if you think it's only going to happen there, you might want to stop kidding yourself. Um, Those of us who have called bullshit on all this COVID nonsense since day one, I told you days like this would come. And that some of this, it was inevitable. I mean, do you believe us now? You know, is it all still conspiracy now? Um, Like, imagine having to show paperwork to sit down to eat, to see a movie. But then those people at the southern border just flood in like flies to shit. That's honestly what liberals have done to this country. That's their ideology and why it's so broken. You know, and whatever variant on COVID they want to keep selling you, they'll find a way to do so. And the biggest part of their narrative will be, you know, who they tell you to blame. The unvaxxed are not, the unvaccinated people are not to blame for anything going on, period. People who don't live in fear are not to blame. Shit happens, people. No one in this country should be okay with forced vaccinations. No one. If you are, this might be the wrong country for you because that's not American. It's not about selfish. It's not about, it's literally an anti-American thing to be okay with people being forced into vaccinations. You know, even having to show proof Ultimately, for a virus that still has a 99.75% survival rate. And if these things continue, and I'm telling you, they probably will, a fight is coming. And this may be uncomfortable for some of you to hear, and some of you may not want to believe it or say, no, I'm not going to let it be like this in my family or with my friends, but this fight will be fought at your dinner tables, it'll be fought in the streets at your employer, in your schools, it will literally be fought everywhere. You won't be able to fight it on social media, though, because, you know, they control the narrative, and they only accept their narrative, and they promote the very fascism that they claim to be against. But you have, you honestly, when it comes down to it, you have to be willing to fight for your way of life, for the things you believe and, you know, and this isn't a fight that's going to require a uniform. And, and I, I can't promise that it's a fight that, you know, will be fought without weapons or that there won't be any casualties. I personally, personally believe that that's going to happen regardless. At some point, we have to take down the messenger and the message. And you know what? If it was me where I would start, and I've said this a hundred times, the biggest propaganda machine there is the media the media needs to be brought to its knees every station every affiliate destroyed 
take the tool to which the propaganda machine uses to spread its poison. If we take down the media, we make a huge stride in taking this country back and saving what little soul it has left. Honestly, that's the biggest part of it. If you think about it, years ago, the greatest generation fought to save the world as we know it. And while we never could compare anything to the Holocaust and the Nazis and the Third Reich in terms of the actual catastrophe and just horrible things that were done back then, I would urge you to look at the tactics in play today and compare them to those used many years ago. The media, the fear and misinformation they, what they create is a, a modern-day concentration camp. Now, uh, now, the end result may not be the same, but the media spreads lies, fear, creates divide, and destroys. Mostly in the last two years, it's destroyed common sense and critical thinking. And those are two vital things for a society to thrive. And I think we are seeing the ill effects of those things falling off especially with this proof of vaccination crap. To ask people to do this, it, it, it isn't oppression. It's, you know, but, but people, I, I guess I don't get it, people shit themselves over voter ID laws being oppressive and targeting minorities, you know. And, and I said this the other day, I don't know who I said it to, it was someone on Facebook, and... Even if you're my liberal, a friend of mine who's a liberal, I stand by this. You can, you cannot, you can't be a liberal and not be an idiot. It's a fact. You may be my friend, but you're an idiot. It, it is what it is. Liberals are oblivious. They're just stupid when it comes to common sense and logic and the way things work. Period. Um. But before we get all cranky, um, I may seem a little bit distracted tonight. Hi, buddy. Um, we have a new foster. I don't. I don't think I brought this up last week because we got her. Oh yeah, because we got her on Monday or something like that. Her name is Col. Well, her name is Ainsley through the the dog rescue, but we call her Colby. Um, we didn't like Ainsley. Ainsley and the dog really didn't either. So uh, we just took to calling her Colby. Um, she's a beagle puppy. And I have zero experience around beagles. And uh, I'm starting to realize why. Um, she's the sweetest thing. She loves to snuggle and gives, give kisses. She uh, can't be left alone for five seconds because she's needy. She's about as needy as Willow was. Um, what's the matter, buddy? She does not like her crate. She, uh, she's pretty young. She got her first round of puppy shots. So she's, you know, still a ways from adoption. Um, I don't think she's staying here. Uh, early on we thought maybe, but she's, yeah, she's, she's, she's challenging. She's sweet as can be. No health issues. Smart. Super quick. Loves to give kisses. She's licking my mouth as we speak. She gets along with our two dogs. She drives them crazy. Uh, her and Ellie play pretty well. Daisy avoids her, which is kind of Daisy's thing with the foster dogs. But uh, for a little beagle, she has a huge voice, uh, which apparently is a beagle thing. 
I suppose. I'm going to try to set her down. She's probably going to start crying again because she's needy. Um, she's our first foster since Willow left. Um, and Willow's prospering and doing amazing in her forever home. Uh, her health is great. She's spoiled more than any dog in the world, I'm guessing. And it's it's always cool to get updates on our previous fosters. Uh, we think about them and we miss them. Uh, Sully probably being the one I miss the most. Uh, he was here in the beginning as my co-host, so his pictures you know, have been showing up on our social media memories a lot lately since he was here about this time last year. Um, anyways, uh, but yeah, so you may have Colby down here with me for the next little bit. Isn't that right, Peanut? She seems to be chilling out, so maybe uh, I won't be so distractive and you won't have those long pauses where I'm trying to get something out of her mouth or get her off something. So you guys know I'm a huge wrestling fan. Um, have been since I was a kid. Um, I should probably talk about more wrestling on here. I just don't know how it would go over. It might be more interesting to hear than uh, COVID and all the bullshit that goes with that all the time. But um, on Wednesday, unfortunately, uh, we lost beautiful Bobby Eaton uh, at the age of 62. Uh, wrestling fans know him from his NWA WCW days. as part of the greatest tag team ever, in my opinion, the Midnight Express. Um, you know, he, Bobby Eaton also had singles runs as well and uh, held many championships. He was considered a high flyer and an innovator of his time. Uh, he's, you know, beautiful Bobby's a legend. He was a all-star person as well as performer. Um, I can't tell you honestly how many times in my youth I jumped off something and dropped a leg on a friend, a sibling, or whoever I was wrestling with. <laughs> um, Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane were my introduction for it to be cool for guys to wear like neon pink, yellow, green. Uh, the Midnight Express always wore flashy colors, had cool um, get-ups. Uh, I'm definitely going to have to get my hands on their figures again. I had them once, and they weren't mint. They, you know, they weren't. They were out of the boxes. They didn't have the title belts, and I sold them. It was a mistake on my part. Um, it'd be really cool if WWE and Mattel would add the Midnight Express to their Legends series, but I'm guessing it won't happen until they're possibly inducted into the Hall of Fame or something. So. Um, Rest in peace, beautiful Bobby. Thanks for the memories. Um, entertaining me and giving me moments I'll always remember. Thoughts and prayers to his uh, family and friends. But yeah, it's always sad. I mean, 62 is still pretty young. Oh. Switching gears to uh, more stuff. This isn't really a rant. This is something, and this is all, this next piece is all just like me looking at something and being like, hmm. That seems weird. That doesn't add up. Uh, just in my head, not based on anything other than what I read and the, the things that are out there. So, I don't know how many of you heard about the uh, four suicides of the different officers who were present at the January 6th, they like to call it insurrection. Um, I like to call it the trespassing event at the Capitol. Um, you know, first off, I understand law enforcement has a higher than normal suicide rate due to the stress and probably the PTSD of the job. I can't fathom the amount of pressure law enforcement faces and the things they see and have to deal with, especially in today's climate. Um, you know, but to me, this seems a bit much. 
you know, four officers involved in the same incident all killed themselves. I know what you're thinking. Where where was Hillary? Um, so I did I, I did some digging just just some to see some of the backstory of what could be or what things could have been reasons for the death of these men. I, honestly, there's not much to find. I didn't find much. Um, in no certain order, here are the officers. Uh, there was a Kyle Freetag. He was 26 years old. He was a five-year veteran of the Metropolitan Police Department. He took his life on July 10th. Um, unfortunately, there were no details released on the how and why he took his life. Um, there was no details on whether he was being counseled on PTSD or if he had sustained injuries or anything from the events of January 6th. Um, honestly, I did digging and digging and digging and digging and like literally found nothing. Um, Jeffrey Smith, 35 years old, same department as Freitag had been on leave due to injuries and stress of the events of uh, January 6th. I believe he uh, was struck in the head with the, something that had been thrown. Um, hang on a sec. Come here. Come here. Leave that alone. Sorry, she's got something. What are you doing? Okay. That would have been bad. All right. Next week, the dog's going to be upstairs. Um, so anyways, he was on leave. He was cleared to return to work on January 15th. On his way to work, he shot himself in the head while driving his prized 2015 Ford Mustang. The vehicle would then veer off the road and roll over. I found that weird, so I did some digging on uh, vehicular suicides. Um, I also found a comment where Smith's own wife said the three most important things in his life were his car, his Labrador Retriever, and then her. And now, while vehicular homicide or vehicular suicide can be responsible for 10 to 30 percent of all suicides in the country, um, rarely, and we're talking less than 2 percent, involve the person shooting themselves while actually driving, driving their car somewhere and shooting themselves in a parked car, yes. But most vehicular suicides involve carbon monoxide poisoning, you know, where people just run a hose from the tailpipe into the window in a closed garage or just somewhere, um, or crashing into something at a high rate of speed. Uh, Officer Smith had no kids, but that those were the... Uh, <laughs> Like I said, I just, I just found that strange. Oftentimes, when um, I was reading a forensic article, when a situation like this pre presents itself, officers are trained to look at it like a murder made to look like a suicide, even. I'm not saying that's what this was. This is all strictly opinion. But that's just the protocol when said case happens, which would lead me to think more often than not when they find this, there's something more than the optics of what it looks like. Um, next, we have Howard Liebengood. He was 51 years old. He was a 15-year member of the Capitol Police. He killed himself a handful of days after the events of January 6th. 
uh, per his wife, he was ordered to work around the clock straight through January 6th to January 9th. Uh, she wanted his death treated as a line of duty death, even though um, due to this, the trauma from work and the stress, it was denied that, you know, even though those are said to have been the events that led to the, that were the trigger for his suicide. He was married. He had no children. Um, no details on how he killed himself. Um, lastly, uh, we have Gunther Hashida, 43, an 18-year vet of the police force. A uh, matter of suicide not disclosed. The only one of the four officers that actually had children. He had three children and a wife. He uh, supposedly, in the articles I found, said he suffered from other factors that were not attributed to the events, the events of January 6th. Did not say what those events were. It just said uh, there were some circumstances, but once again, no details. Um you know, and I, I, maybe I should have prefaced all this with this. I support law enforcement 100%. Um, I would also think that, you know, my personal opinion, this is not based on any experience or anything, I would think what law enforcement faced last summer with rioting and cities burning and having to just stand there and watch and do nothing was 100% worse than what happened on January 6th. I mean, a lot of these cops were just letting people in, were standing out of the way. Um, you know, the people who stormed the Capitol were not armed. They were not trying to burn things. They were not trying to destroy a city. Were they in the wrong? Absolutely. Absolutely. Has this event been dramatized to be some war of democracy? Of course it has. Like, I... I Idiot liberals all the time. Well, they tried to attack democracy. Like, you guys are fucking stupid. If you've ever said that, you should die. Seriously. Um, I, I would think, you know, the events last summer would be far more traumatizing than the events of January 6th. In my personal, unprofessional opinion. Um, you know, people with no other signs of issues leading normal lives... Two, within a week of testimony being given before Congress by officers in their same department? I don't know, man. Call me a skeptic, but it just seems like there's more here. And, you know, I don't know what that more is, but I definitely feel like there's more and... Maybe we'll know, maybe we won't. You know, and like I said, with wondering if there's more to know, I tried to research the men, their deaths. Um, I found an endless stream of like the same 10 posts, just under different tags, like the same 10 articles about each man. You know, the Washington Post, New York Post, this network, that, and it was literally just a recycled th thread um, where it just like there were. I don't know, like, there was information people don't want you to know. And it's like that about anything anyways. Um, you know, and then my mind gets turning when I think, always. you know, I said everything happens for a reason. And if you think about it, you know, when I put it in a, a global perspective for myself, the Democrats have been crying about accountability for the events of January 6th. And let's be real. 
none of us feel sorry or empathy for what politicians went through that day. I think it was good for them, honestly, regardless of what party they they were for. I would have rather have lost politicians than, um, you know, any civilians or law enforcement that day. Um, you know, so no one's going to feel sorry for the fear AOC felt or the fear Rand Paul felt. or any, We just wouldn't. That's how we're wired. We have no empathy for these people. Um but if you spin that and some things happened, now the face of this event becomes PTSD law enforcement officers, law enforcement officers who've committed suicide and their families that are left behind, you know, and the stress this day called them, caused them. It's almost like you took the same picture and painted it with different colors. So it's the same thing, but you made it look different. The optics are different. You know, and of course we're going to sympathize with law enforcement and support them. They're just like us. You know, they're the people in our community, the people that serve and protect us. You know, well, except for, you know, last summer when Democrats thought all the cops were just racist and it was their fault that their cities were being burned and looted. Um, and like I said, everything happens for a reason. And this is all opinion. This is no fact. It's just kind of like... You know, you smell that, and you're like, hmm, it smells like this. Maybe that's what it is. Um, and, you know, the optics of it for me. You know, it just seemed, I don't know, something about it. And I feel like it's not talked about a lot. And to me, I find that weird that we're not looking into this. That I know politicians have used the names of the officers and so on and so forth. But I just feel like. You know, it just seems random that four people... I know after the events of 9-11, there were a lot of rescue and law enforcement suicides. I think that's we're comparing apples to oranges on that, my personal take. Um, but I, I just thought there would be more to know about this, more to say about it. You know, but then again, you know how the media is. Um, you know, everything has to have a face. You know, and, and you're only the face till you outlive your usefulness on something. I mean, COVID had doctors and nurses till they started being thrown under the bus for not adhering to vaccine mandates. Last year, they were our heroes. You know, this year, they're being forced out and thrown onto the street. CNN fired three people for not being vaccinated. You know, and we're talking about a vaccine that doesn't do anything. Doesn't stop the spread. Doesn't stop you from getting it potentially could lessen your symptoms potentially i mean i could i'm a potential lottery winner when i play the lottery it doesn't mean i get anything for it um you know and even with more with covid it's kind of it's kids now and even though children are high anyone under 29 is highly unlikely to even get covid let alone be hospitalized or die um we talk about being safe and cautious in this country and you know the measures we and the sacrifices we have to make and not being selfish yet the border is overflowing like a taco bell toilet on a saturday night pun intended um you know early you remember last year those of you have been with us from day one um in episode two i talked about the new normal you know i'm gonna retract i was wrong 
I, um, there will never be any form, I think, of normalcy again. I think the rules are, I, I don't know, the rules are organic. You know, they're constantly changing. Um, the game isn't even the same. So I, I think the rules kind of get made up as we go. Um, we literally live in a land of confusion. You know, and, and it's... Sometimes you just want to hide your head in the sand. You want to not pay attention to things. And I get that. You know, and I think to some extent that's what they want some people to do. Not pay attention. Not look at what's really going on. Because I feel like they're not even trying to hide things from us anymore. It's just right there in the open. Hey, look how screwed up we are. And look what we're going to get away with. Because you don't care, you know. And you're going to let us. And I say this all the time. that The powers that be only get away with what we allow them to get away with. And that's a fact. We just have to realize the power we have and understand the group of numbers. There's less people in charge of the country than there are people being ruled by those people in charge. The end of the day. And numbers don't lie. You know, the best advice I could give you, take care of yourself. Trust no one. Listen and watch. You know, read. Um, if you you hear something, you're like, oh, that sounds messed up. Maybe find 10 articles on it and kind of the truth is somewhere in there. Maybe, maybe not at all. Um, you know, it's, it's a very confusing times. So hopefully it gets better. I mean, I guess, it, you know, I always say to people, it's never as bad as you think it is. It's never as good as you think it is. That's all I got, people. Drink up. Have a lovely weekend, and we'll see you next week. Deuces.